Hello, and welcome to Break Time, a series by StaffJoy, where we dig into the tools and techniques that are helping small businesses and medium businesses grow and scale. We take a look behind the scenes and figure out what's working for them, what's not working, and kind of the tools that have helped them to grow their businesses. So today's episode is fascinating for me because it has to do with the origins of StaffJoy itself. So our guest today is Tyler Zimmer, who's the owner of Caldi's Coffee. So my co-founder, Andrew, and I went to school at Washington University in St. Louis. And on campus, they served Caldi's Coffee. And south of campus, I went to their Demun store to study all the time. And when I moved north of campus, I went to their Kayaks Coffee store all the time. So my degree was literally fueled by Tyler's Coffee. And when I became interested in scheduling, it was actually as I would go to class around the corner from Caldi's and learn about how the Air Force would operate their operations in such fascinating ways by building these computer programs that could help schedule their thousands of soldiers. And then I would go to coffee shops like Caldi's and look at their operations and realize that small businesses are ripe for having their tools improved, particularly in scheduling. So the original StaffJoy, what was basically my senior project in university, was written mostly in Kayak's Coffee off of campus, Kayak's being one of Caldi's stores. So today we're actually speaking with the owner of Caldi's, and I'm really interested to get a look at what's happening with his coffee chain, and it's actually grown really significantly. When it was started in 1994 as a single store, uh, Tyler's family purchased the store and ended up scaling it to over a dozen stores now, and they've gone on to grow beyond that. They have stores around the world serving their coffee, and they've gone on to acquire other coffee chains like Latte Land in Kansas City. And get this, they're now a coffee producer themselves, and they own a farm in Hawaii. So Tyler has taken one coffee store and scaled it out, and I'm excited to hear about how he's been able to do that with technology and what's worked and what hasn't for him. So with that, let's jump into talking with Tyler, where we're at the Caldi's Roasting Facility in St. Louis. So can you tell me a little bit about Caldi's and how it started? Yeah, so Caldi started in St. Louis in 1994. Um, my family, we actually bought the company. We partnered with the original owners in 2005, and then in 2007 we bought the rest of the company out. Um, the first coffee shop opened in 94, started roasting coffee in 95, and then wholesale uh, kind of grew from there, and then as well as uh, four coffee shops. Cool. So um, how did you get into the coffee business personally? Yeah, so... Um, you know, my family, we were actually looking to open a coffee shop in town, and we were going to use Caldi's Coffee. And we, we literally uh, got to know Howard and Suzanne, and we were just like, well, why don't we open another Caldi's? And that's, that's literally how the whole conversation started. So how big was Caldi's when you first entered the business? Yeah, so there, there was one coffee shop, and then t today we have 15. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, then we're opening three more in the next six months. So we'll have 18 wow. shops here soon. That's really cool. And you have other coffee brands underneath Caldi's too, right? Like Latte Land and things like yeah, that. Yeah, so um, Latte Land was an acquisition we made about three years ago, so all those stores are now Caldi's Coffee. Um, but then we also partnered with a business in Hawaii called Honolulu Coffee, uh, where we roast coffee on Oahu, and we have 10 coffee shops um, on Oahu, the Big Island, and Maui. 
And a farm too, right? Yeah, in a farm in Kona. Yeah, we have a 75 acre coffee farm. That's really cool. It's yeah. grown from one coffee shop to owning farms and having shops around the world. Yep, yep. It's cool. So what does a typical day look like for you? Uh, that's a good question. Um, usually the first thing we do in the morning is, is cup coffee. So literally still tasting coffee off the production line. Um, that's a big part of obviously what we do in the hardware business. So we take it very seriously. Uh, but after that, it could be a sales meeting in the morning uh, or a tech, tech meeting with the tech team and talking about how that goes. Um, meeting with a, a production meeting. It literally, well, every day is a little bit different. It could be meeting with a supplier for something else. Uh, another cupping for offer samples. So literally every day is different. That's really cool. Um, so like how many cups of coffee do you think you're drinking per day? <laughs> it's a lot. I mean, guys, I think sometimes in the, during the cupping, I mean, we typically spit because it's so much. It could be 20, 24 ounces, you know, just in one cupping. And if we might do three cuppings a day or something like that. So it's like six cups a day. Yeah, wow. yeah. That's really a lot of coffee. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So who do you look up to in your industry? Oh gosh, I mean, I, honestly, uh, I mean, Starbucks is the easy answer, but at some level, it's it's true um, because they they've done so much and they've plowed the way for smaller companies like us to be relevant and continue pushing the envelope um, because they really started the whole coffee coffee house culture in the U.S. for sure and really globally. So there's a lot of different aspects to the business besides like just coffee. There's food. Mm -hmm. You have a big growing tea business. You have a coffee farm. And one of the things I've been surprised to learn about is how like coffee shops or coffee roasting chains are entering tech more and more because online sales are so important. Yeah. So you said you're meeting with a tech team. What are you working uh, on? Yeah, so tech tech meaning Technique. coffee technician. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. But I would say tech, I mean, it, it's a, even for like customer interfacing and stuff like that or how we implement new systems and what we're doing and sharing information even inside our own company is a big deal. And uh, we actually just started using Salesforce from a customer service side. So that's been a big change implementation um, to different software for like manufacturing processes and tracking inventory. All those things are, have, I mean, in the last three or four years, we're doing more than, than ever and that kind of stuff. That's great. Uh, so what do you think has made Caldi so successful up to this point? Uh, I think uh, a lot of it, honestly, is the people and the culture. And we talk about that a lot. I mean, a lot of companies can have great coffee, and I think we do too, but it doesn't mean much if you don't have the great people surround you and who are able to communicate to customers and explain things and all that. Yeah. Um, so who is the Caldi's customer? Like, who do you think of when you're thinking of the person that's buying your coffee? You know, it's funny. It's, people have asked me that before, and I, I don't know if I even have a good answer. I think it's people that are into, you know, good coffee, obviously, but... You know, people who just want to start their day with a friendly face. I mean, we have plenty of people who just come and get tea or a smoothie in the morning as well. So I don't, I don't think we don't focus on one demographic. I don't think. Yeah. So, but college students are actually like a huge part of that too, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, college. I mean, we're on a lot of college campuses and continue to be. I do think you know the younger generation is more educated about coffee than any prior younger generation. So that's a huge part of it. Whether it's third wave or whatever you want to call it, I. I think, you know, 10, 15 years ago, the expectation was Starbucks, and that's, that's changing a lot. Yeah, people as young as in high school. So um, I, th I think it's just a, a generational thing even. Yeah. Um, how do you think about, so like I was reading your company mission statement and mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm. It's very much focused on coffee. Mm -hmm. How are you thinking about incorporating new things into your business, like tea and food? Yeah, I mean, I guess we, we always talk about experiences too. So I think that, that encaptures a lot of that. So. You know, whether it's, it's a scone that pairs with the coffee or a cup of tea or whatever, but at the end of the day, you know, we have to continue to evolve and not just 
concentrate on one thing. Clearly, coffee will always be the core um, of Caldi's, but uh, there's, a, there's a lot of other things that play with that. So we, we try to do all very well. So can you walk me through what the process looks like for getting coffee from a farm to a cup? Yeah. So um, here's a, a good recent example, and it's not always like this, but a lot of times I just got back on a trip from Brazil, and I was there to actually um, begin working with a couple different groups of farmers that we've wanted to establish relationships. So we go down and visit, uh, look at the farm. We cup a lot of samples, so we tasted probably dozens of samples off a lot of farms in this region and picked probably our top 10 from the whole trip. Maybe we tasted 150 coffees, something like that. Wow. So we tasted that there, but it's always good to taste it in your environment here. So literally, uh, you know, let's say this one sample represented a full container of coffee. So we got 10 samples back here two or three weeks ago from the trip and we cupped them all, we cupped them blind. We didn't know which farm they were from, what process, because some were pulp national, some were natural, all these things and scored them. And then we literally picked our favorite two lots out from those that we're bringing in. But we always cup before it ships from the country mm -hmm. to confirm that's the quality level that, that we want. Everything's recorded. When that coffee hits the United States, we'll get another sample confirming that the coffee landed within, a, in, within the quality that we wanted. And yeah. from that point, we say it's a go, and it starts coming into the warehouse. And then we get it here. We might sample roast it two or three more times to see how it's reacting here and in the environment cup it and then it'll go to the production line cool, so nice. then from there it goes to our cafes and grocery stores and all that so literally like in brazil it's probably shipping in the next week yeah. um so that coffee could be here by end of december and literally in your cup by like jan you know early january something like that so the coffee i had this morning was from myanmar yeah i didn't realize they're doing yeah shipping coffee from southeast asia yeah so we are literally one of the first roasting companies in the world this year to import coffee from there and uh, I was invited to go on a trip by CQI, which is the Coffee Quality Institute. And they're working on a big quality initiative in Myanmar in conjunction with USAID. And if, if you, I'm sure you probably know a little bit about the background of Myanmar, but they've really just been allowed to be open for trade in, you know, in the last two or three years. And they're really trying to create value that can be exported out of the country for them to, to develop uh, more because they've been so closed off for the last 70 years. Um, so coffee has grown there since the late 1800s, and I, I didn't even know that until I visited. And uh, so we go there. It's the second year of the USAID project, and uh, the first year they didn't export any to the U.S. because nothing was really on the quality scale that we wanted. And this year we went, and I don't know how many scored coffees we scored, but I'd say at least a dozen or dozens over 84 points, which is very solid specialty coffee. And uh, so we literally bought from two villages this year and uh, also from a little bit larger farm in a different region that we were able to bring in. So we were literally one of the probably first four or five roasters in the world to, to actually bring in the coffee, so it was pretty cool. That's really cool. And we've had um, uh, refugees from there. Uh, they've been, literally worked for us maybe for the last six or seven years. We've had three of them here, so we in had kind States. of a very yeah, personal wow. personal connection with that, which is really one of the reasons why I really wanted to go, because they're, they're great people, and, and uh, we've gotten to know the culture. Uh, decently over the last six or seven years, so it's pretty cool. And so you're personally flying around the world and sourcing these beans? Yep, yep. Cool. How often are you traveling for that? I probably do three or four trips a year, something like that. So this year I did El Salvador, Myanmar, and Brazil. Um, I had a couple other trips get canceled, and that's the way it goes. But I usually go to Central America, South America, and then maybe one other different trip a year. So a lot of times if I go to Central America, I might go to two or three countries at a time, something like that. So I'd love to kind of dig into the tools that you're using now at scale at so many coffee shops. Uh, how has your technology has changed since you first entered the coffee business? Yeah, I mean, it, it's 
it's uh, it's constant. I think um, it might we might be implementing something new every three months or something like that. And um, whether it's it's sharing reports that we're using internally, just sharing information from cafe to cafe, training procedures. A lot of our technology is probably used mostly like that. Uh, our tracking quality, even um, one area that we have that we still uh, have an area to, to work on is like for customer loyalty. We don't have a great solution for that today, uh, but either in track, tracking um, schedules and all these kinds of things. That, that's uh, we're using different types of software for a lot of those. And are you using the same software across most of your stores, or is it kind of changing? Store yeah, it's uh, no, yeah, the same across most of the stores. Okay. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yep. And what about uh, like social channels? Do you find that certain ones like Facebook are particularly effective for you? Yeah, I mean, it seems to me that it's changing. Uh, Instagram, to me, seems the most popular today, but yeah. I mean, I think Snapchat is also changing a lot, so so that could be the next thing, I don't know. But, you know, I think it used to be Twitter more so, for sure, and I think it is a little less Twitter today than it has been. And Not that we don't use it, it's just we get less response. I feel like we get more people more engaged with Instagram. Yeah. Um, so is there going to be a call these Snapchat soon then? Yeah, I would say probably, yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> um, so how do you go about picking like the really important equipment you're using? Like, uh, how was it picking out like a point of sale system? Uh, you know, I'd say initially it was probably more on reporting. And I think that's still true a lot, whether it's tracking cost of goods and things like that, because obviously it's an important part of business. But I think honestly, uh, more and more so, it's more about customer interaction too. So finding a system that kind of puts those both together the best and uh, I'm not sure there's a perfect system out there today but we're we all work we always look we're, we're very open-minded and um, we might even try something new here uh, in the next one next six months so so what are the tools you're using right now that have been like really transformative for the business honestly as simple as it sounds like Google Drive just to create and share documents so quickly and share things having editing access and not I mean it's made things so simple and streamlined for yeah. sharing stuff quickly it's been it's great it's cool so is there advanced uh, software you're using for keeping coffee consistent as you're roasting it yeah too? yeah so um, we've used two different systems in the past but we're using uh, uh, right now one called Cropster which is really awesome software but to track all of our roast profiles we can compare it over the, the last week or the last day or the last month year I mean it keeps everything but then we're we even also uh, keep all of our cupping and tasting data in there as well. So whether there's samples even that we don't buy, we can track all of our samples going back for the last two years. So maybe it's a coffee we didn't buy, we scored highly, but we have a record of that. We can go back and look, compare it to this year's notes. One of the Brazils we're buying this year's coffee that we've cupped for the last two years, but we never bought before. But it was always in the back of my mind, I was always impressed with the quality. They were kind of a newer farm. Uh, and I was before my trip to Brazil, I was going back looking at last year's coffee, what we scored it, and all that was cool. Because then I went visit his farm, met with them, and I showed them, I'd already shared with them the information. But I showed them you know, what we scored these coffees at last year, what we're scoring this year, if they're improvements. If not, you know, he can improve his, you know, what he's doing even better. So just that transparency and ease of, uh, you know, the, the sharing of the information is pretty, it's a powerful yeah. tool. It's just changing communication at the farm level, you know. So everyone is kind of using a couple main systems and you're transmitting a lot of data like that? Yeah, a lot of it. I mean, five years ago, nobody, nobody, you might have been like a few small systems, but not not as in-depth as they are today. Are the farms that you're going to typically connected and willing to use this kind of stuff? A lot of them, yeah. In yeah. five years ago, that probably wasn't true. And in, let's say they don't have their own computer, but there might be one in the town or library, whatever they're using, or their, their cousins or their uncles or whatever. So 
most all of them have access at least once a week to, to computers. And how automated is like the day-to-day -day roasting? How much is manual intervention and like looking at the roast? For us, we're still uh, very manual. Uh, we have a profile for every coffee that we roast, and it's about matching the profile. But you know, every day, the environment here is a little bit different. Uh, temperature just fluctuating by season. Um, the coffee, I mean, is literally changing every day, the moisture content. So it's something we evaluate every day. Um, but the, the roaster, the person, is in charge of the ro every roast. So you talked about customer loyalty. Are there any, like, kind of holy grails you're looking for to improve your business right now? You know, I mean, I, I think in everything that we do can improve. So right, it's just what, what do we think maybe has the biggest impact? But I think the thing that we talk about the most is customer service and, and interaction and face-to-face -face because at the end of the day, it can be a great cup of coffee, but if they're not treated right, they're not going to come back. Um, so I think for us, that's probably the most important thing today. So what's your hiring process like? Yeah, so we do uh, a lot of interviews. We've actually had a lot of success. We'll, we'll do what's called a hiring fair. We just did one Friday. We had it here, and we just put it out there that, hey, we're hiring. We don't even say if it's for a specific cafe. We're just recruiting. Um, and if we find somebody that we think really fits our culture and uh, how we define that is really by our, our core values and our mission and vision statement and how we think those people fit in. But that's a, a big part of what we do because really if you're not a culture fit and you're the best barista in the world, it's, it's not going to be the right fit for us. So how do you train new employees? Yep. So we have maybe a four to six month training program wow. for the barista side for sure. And, and every employee goes through training. Even down here at our headquarters, we have a training office in Kansas City as well. Um, whether it's like a company kind of culture training and just our mission, vision, and what we do, what we're about. Um, but for, for barista training, it's probably a four to six month process, step by step. One, one class might just be a three hour milk steaming, three hour espresso, three hour hand brew. And these are basically levels that you achieve to be able to work on the bar, but you're not allowed to work on the schedule, like a scheduled shift as a barista uh, until you've passed a test, which is a four to six month process. Um, you can be scheduled if you're scheduled with a certified barista to work with them in the cafe. So it's kind of a good, you know, stair-step approach, and I think it works pretty well for us. And are most of your employees full-time then, if you're putting this much time into training? A, a lot. I mean, one thing that's the, one thing we ask, you know, if you're, if you're going to commit to working for us, we, I mean, we, we kind of wanted a two-year two commitment because it might take six months to train a barista. So, um, and clearly you can't hold somebody to that. We don't make them sign anything, but it's a conversation that we have for sure. Um, you know, at, through the interview process. Yeah. And I was reading your mission statement said part of it is you're striving to develop team members. Mm -hmm. What does the ongoing education look like? Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll have like leadership training down here, um, sometimes quarterly, sometimes monthly, depends what's going on. We even have like an outside person who comes in who, who teaches these things. Um, we also have different levels of management that are, that'll teach different levels of management, that kind of thing, or identified maybe future leaders um, that might just be, you know, working a shift out on the production floor, but somebody with that we feel has, you know, maybe they want to grow the company and we want to invest in them, so more training and, and that kind of thing. And how do you, like, what kind of strategies do you use to keep all of your employees really happy and engaged, especially if they're spread out across a lot of different stores? Yeah, you know, that's something we talk about a lot. So, I mean, it's free coffee is a big one for sure. Um, the chances for coffee travel, like right now, we're probably going to start training for like recent competitions. So we're going to have open auditions for that. Um, and then also not just for that, but for judge. So you don't want to compete, but you want to go judge. So we'll have some type of, maybe they have to write an essay, but they're going to go to Austin with us when the next competition comes and we'll go down and be able to do that. Um, 
we give out awards every year based on our core values. So there's usually something around that. And the employee of the year, we had two last year. They had to go on an origin trip. So we had two people that got to go to Honduras this past year. So that's out there as well as uh, kind of something different and unique that we can offer that, that we want to do. There's a lot of communication tools coming out, even Facebook getting into it with mm -hmm. Workplace. Have you been looking at any ways of like making communication across stores and also like top down easier? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I, I, I honestly, Google, Google Drive has been a big part of that, whether yeah. we're tracking training logs and, and our new, new product rollouts, things like that. I mean, that's been a, a huge piece of it for sure. If there, uh, we use um, Wufu for like if there's anything wrong with uh, in the cafes with a delivery or a product or anything like that. So we get instant feedback from the stores, whether they think a coffee could be tasting better or how are we pulling our espresso, things like that. So when Caldi started in 1994, it was just a single shop and you've grown a lot. Um, where do you see Caldi's being in the future? Like, what are your goals? Yeah, you know, I think more steady growth. I mean, you know, we're a family owned business. We're based here. I think we're always based here, but I, we think there's opportunity elsewhere. We have stores in Atlanta um, and I think, you know, there's opportunity in, in that part of the country. So I think we'll continue slow, steady growth. and. And uh, you know, be nimble and open to to new ideas and new markets, whether it's tea or chai or a different market like like Atlanta. I think um, you know everything's constantly changing, and we just want we want to be ready, prepared, and be able to take advantage of those opportunities. What do you see the Caldi's brand standing for? Uh, I think quality coffee, great experience. I mean, people driven uh, company that that uh, is a fun place to work. You know, I think that's a big part of who we are and what we do every day. Cool. And so if people want to learn more about Caldi's, how can they reach it? Yeah, I think uh, caldiescoffee.com is a great spot. And then Facebook, Instagram, we post a ton on there at Caldi's underscore coffee. So those are great spots to learn and see more. We have a blog on our website as well. So, Cool. Well, thanks a lot for your time. Yeah, thanks, Philip.